All right. Professional podcasters, as they say. Look at us. Oh, boy. Here we are. <laughs> back with Ruminate. It's 2023, Rob. Welcome to the new year. It's the new year. We've got a new website. Yeah, we do. Rob built us a thing that doesn't cost any money. So that's a, like that's a good thing. <laughs> it doesn't cost us any money unless the podcast suddenly gets wildly popular. <laughs> I was going to say, with you and your AWS, do you keep an eye on that? Because I don't want us to get a huge bill. <laughs> yeah, unless we suddenly get 100,000 downloads this episode, I think we might be all right. <laughs> okay, well, I think we're probably safe for the time being. That's good. That's good. We'll get, keep this small. Don't tell anybody about this great podcast. I wouldn't want anybody to anybody new to listen to it anymore. Oh, no, definitely not. I'm not sure. Where would they even start? <laughs> I don't know. You'd have to go all the way back to the early days. I was uh, recently, you know, did you know that the Volcano uh, wallpapers were recently added to the collection at Relay FM? Which I, I think did. This, oh, okay. I didn't know you knew that. I um, I wasn't aware of it until Stephen Hackett told me of, I, a few days ago, really. I think I think that that's, you have to be a member to get those wallpapers. I'm not, but uh, Volcano is... <laughs> Uh, throwback to a show called Bonanza. That no show called Bionic. Well, Bionic and then Bonanza. Right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that Mike Hurley and um, and Matt used to do. Yeah. And if either of you are listening, do another episode. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was the last time they did one. It was a December of twenty twenty one. I want to yeah, say. Yeah, I think. Yeah, it was a long time ago. Or 2020? I don't know. It was a long time ago. I remember it was during the pandemic and I was in, in Ireland listening to those guys <laughs> as I walked along the River Liffey in the cold and sleet of uh, the Christmas time. I listened to those those two guys. <laughs> so anyway, that was, uh, that Volcano came out of that. And it's just too hard to explain what that's all about. But Robin, that's kind of how Rob and I got to know each other was back as a result of that that podcast many moons ago. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. I think there's there's probably still a, a tweet floating around where one of us said, oh, should we do a podcast with like a probably a laughing emoji or something? And then yeah. here we are. <laughs> then, then, then we did it. I, I guess I'm feeling nostalgic, Rob, because you know what? Today is my birthday. Did you know that? Oh, my. Of course it is. <laughs> it is. Of course it's today. I'm, I'm an recording. idiot. Happy oh, birthday. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I'm, uh, I'm recording a podcast on my birthday and writing some articles because I, you know what? I, the internet never sleeps. I have to get back at it. I've been taking a couple of weeks off, relaxing, hanging out with my family, uh, who are all around for the holidays, and slowly easing my way back into actually doing work-type stuff. This explains why I was confused at work. Because somebody says, oh, we were talking about somebody else's birthday. And I went, I'm sure it's today. And I was like, oh, no, it turns out it's like tomorrow or in a couple of days. It, oh. I must have been thinking about your birthday, which apparently is not in my calendar for some reason. I'm pretty sure it's on your contact. but uh. Uh, No worries. No worries. Well, anyway, so we're back. We're going to get our, get our hopefully get back on our every other week schedule. My life is settled down now that I've done two moves. Um, and uh, the pullout couch in my office has been folded back up. So I have control of my workspace again which is also good so i'm i'm ready to go what what should we talk about today well before, let's not 
oversell the schedule too much because uh, I've got a baby coming in oh, 11 to 12 weeks. <laughs> oh, well, see here. I figure I, I've, I'm done moving, so everybody must be able to work with my schedule now. And here's Rob gone off and having a baby. But all right, well, that's fine. I, that, I can, I'll be understanding of that. I know what that's yeah. like. That, we'll, yes, we'll, we see have can, have, we'll see what we can do. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We may, have a, we may have a guest on this episode at some, this show sometime. Uh, yeah, absolutely. In, in the form of little baby sounds. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, it is C- CES time. How's your CES going, Rob? Oh, how's your CES? No, it's, yeah. uh, this is my favorite time of the year. I, I actually love CES because it's such a s- spectacle of, I don't know, consumer consumption <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and crazy tech. And I put a link in our show notes to one such crazy item that I wanted you to open up and take a look at. Okay, so this is a full full body shift all. Is this the thing? Yeah. And th- and this is like a full body look at VR the controller. Look at this guy. He's having the time of his life. He's got ankle bits. He's got like knee bits. He's got a pair of cyberpunk goggles on and then a thing over his mouth. This is yeah. ridiculous. Well, so the thing that I was sending this for is for the thing over his mouth, which... I have to say, it looks a little bit like a feed bag for a mule, <laughs> or, or I don't know what. It's, 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 it's a plastic cylinder that's strapped around his head over his mouth. And what this is, is it's a Bluetooth microphone device designed so that when you're in the metaverse, that people around you won't hear you talking to the people in the metaverse because all of your talking goes into this tube and through the microphone and by Bluetooth out to the metaverse. So you can you can be completely, I don't know, enveloped by the metaverse. I thought it was one of the more ridiculous things I've seen so far, even though CES doesn't officially begin until tomorrow. The, the, well, I don't even, I, I, I don't have a response to what you've just told me. I, I, I thought maybe he was just like wearing the VR headset wrong. Um, <laughs> no. I don't, who are these people? Just stop it. Stop trying to make the metaverse happen. <laughs> look, look, you should look at the products they have. They also have a thing that straps onto your body a little bit like a backpack. But in the middle of your back is this rectangular piece of plastic with a little with vent, vents in it. And what it is, it's a cooling system. It's a little bit like a heat sink, but for your body when you're in the metaverse. It both heats and cools you. No. Just, I don't, I don't yes. want any of this. I don't want any of this. I don't, we don't need it. <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> you can become a full cyborg with this. You can put the goggles on, put the thing over your mouth, get the little cooling thing for your back, get the, the uh, you know, obviously you need the controllers for your hands. Who knows what else is coming from this company? Sure. And there'll be like three games for this. Like that, that'll be it. <laughs> it's Steam VR too, is what it is. It's not. Like, oh. this is, see, this is related to Steam. I see. Okay, well, there'll be a few more games, and I heard Steam have got some games. Um, <laughs> yeah, but... they do have a few. <laughs> These guys this are is... high end. They're high end. They say they're they're out of Japan. Sure. I mean, this is just ridiculous. It I is don't. Ridiculous. <laughs> this is if you you do this to me 
every year you send me some ridiculous thing and every year I I'm do. more angry. <laughs> well, because part of the thing I do with CES is I, I've already been through probably 50 or 60 press releases and articles at this point, And it, the show hasn't even begun yet. And I try to distill them down into this year, it'll be at least a couple of stories on Mac stories. Just finding the stuff that's like truly useful that maybe actually has a price and a release date or even if it doesn't have that is from a big enough company where you can probably rely on it actually coming out someday and finding the the cool stuff and sharing that in kind of a compact way but i also like to find the weirdest and strangest things too yeah and you always do a very good job this is this is truly a wonderful annual tradition (laughs) (laughs) i'll tell you that the uh the pandemic really hurt weird ces because the two years last year and the year before there was a lot less weird ces because they you know it was virtual and it's a lot harder to do weird ces when you don't have these little booths by these small companies that pop up in Las Vegas and, and the you know, the reporters can go out there like this picture is clearly taken by someone at Engadget who was going booth to booth and found this funny, this guy with this thing strapped to his mouth and, and took a few pictures. So yeah, we're, they're back in person and that means weird CES is in full blossom again. How do you clean it? The mouth thing. Oh, I don't the, know. The, you the, shouldn't the, ask those kind of questions. <laughs> it does the, not look hygienic. You're right. The, the VR horse bag. Um. Yes. <laughs> He's got some oats in there so he can stay well fed. <laughs> some vitamins too. I don't know. Incredible. That is truly incredible. Um. <laughs> oh, So after... I t- was it last episode? I th- I can't even remember. That's been so long. Um, this is before while. Christmas, I think. We we spoke about Mastodon and Twitter and microblog and stuff. And I put up a post about this, but I'm now on still on microblog, but I'm also cross posting to Mastodon mm-hmm. um, because I was following a lot of people on Mastodon and like microblog is is, is not designed for that like it, it's a completely different service it's a much sort of slower deliberate service right. whereas on mastodon you know people post nonsense just like i do um and there's a lot more of it coming in um and i was just kind of getting overwhelmed in the microblog timeline so i was like do you know what i'm gonna sign up to mastodon as well cross post my stuff over there and then people can follow me on either of them, it doesn't really make that much difference, other than maybe I might boost a, a, a post every now and again. But you know, you're not really missing out on a huge amount if you follow me in the other place, right? Yeah, that makes that that makes sense. Yeah, I so I guess so. Originally, you were following people on Mastodon through Micro.blog, and that was just too much for kind of that timeline, I guess, right? Yeah, definitely. Especially, I feel like it was when we last spoke. Really, that sort of couple of weeks leading up to Christmas. Yeah, um, a lot more people started not just showing up, but a lot more people were posting and sure, um, you know, you guys. I think it was right after we, after we recorded, you guys um, announced your Mastodon instance for Mac Stories. So like, yep, you Federico and Alex were all posting a lot more. Um, you know, once all the followers had transferred over, and it was, it just kind of got too much. And I, I kind of figured like, why am I trying to cram all of this into one service when I can just use two different things for two different purposes. Right, right. And it's interesting because, you know, part of this is, you know, the the reason these things are interoperable is because the uh, ActivityPub framework 
that is an open web standard that is, I, I find super fascinating and interesting. And it's something that we're looking at really carefully with Mac stories, but you're right. I mean, each of these services has kind of their own feel and approach to things, which doesn't always mean that you necessarily want the content from all of them funneling into the exact same place. Now, I think actually having micro.blog stuff funneling into a Mastodon client is probably better or more okay than the other way around, just because some of the apps now are starting to do, I know with like, for instance, Tapbots is doing this Mastodon client called Ivory, which is in like a closed beta right now. And one of the things they just added was automatic truncation of longer posts that are coming from other services at around 500 characters, which is the Mastodon limit. And I think that that makes a lot of sense. I mean, assuming that you give people the, you know, a link to expand it, which they're doing. And I'd like to see other services, you know, other Mastodon clients do that too, because I do think it's a, that's kind of a nice compromise when you're dealing with text. If you've got, uh, you know, a blog or something that's funneling through the Mastodon to be able to do that. I mean, I know I feel more comfortable that if we ever get to the point where we have Mac stories content coming through Mastodon, almost as if it were an RSS feed through ActivityPub, I'd like people to have the option not to have to see, you know, like 500 or 600 word story or more all in their feed. Because it just kind of when it's, especially if you're on mobile, it kind of clogs up the app. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The um, it's interesting actually that sort of length limit as well. Um, I was also I can't remember where I read this now, but there are some instances that have modified Mastodon to enable a longer, um, like oh, okay. post length. Um, which is what probably why you're seeing a lot. Yes, there are other services as well, um, but there are also some instances where they've actually edited the you know the database and the the limits and stuff so that their instance can have a thousand characters, for example. So there has to be, like you said, there has to be some sort of standardization there because otherwise, it feels very disconnected. Although it's great, as you say, if you, I know that you follow me on my Microdot blog, but from your point of view, that's pretty seamless. Like it, it's. It's just like as if I'm posting through Mastodon, you know, it's just posts. Um, But yeah, the other way around is not necessarily the case. So I've just sort of decided to to split that out in between two, Um, which, you know, it's been fine. It's actually been quite fun because I can sort of check out the the local timeline on the instance that I'm on and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, you know, other than that, it's pretty much just cross posting. I'm still posting the same stuff. So um, yeah, it's been good. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that's interesting to me, like the difference, I think micro.blog has search built into it, right? Uh, no, it doesn't actually. There's, oh, it, it doesn't. Okay, interesting. No. So it's, is it, so it's um, I, I guess that makes sense since they're almost more like independent blog sites, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so the way micro.blog does it is, um, so there's a few different ways. There's like a curated discover feed, um, which is actually done by Gene and Manton, like they... You know, they flag a post and say, show this in the Discover feed. So there'll be, I see. you know, 20 or 30 posts a day that will show up in Discover. So it's not like a, you're not going to be glued to the Discover because it will only update, you know, fairly irregularly. Um, and then you can also add emojis to posts. So if you add, for example, a football, it shows up, at, you know, you can kind of search by these specific tags that they've sure they've pre-selected. So, you know, there's books and movies, TV, all those kind of obvious ones. 
Um, but th- that's kind of the micro.blog is designed that way that there isn't a there's no incentive for you to try and quote unquote go viral because it, you can't do that. You know, you're, everything posted there in theory is more thoughtful and, you know, you are posting it because you want to post it, not because you're trying to get the most likes or retweets or boosts or whatever. Right, right. Although I don't know that search necessarily is a question of going viral. No, um, no, that is true. I mean, I understand, like, for instance, one of the things that I've learned in the last few days is that Mastodon very deliberately does not include a search functionality, mainly because it wants to um, to pre- prevent abuse, you know, where someone goes out with a malicious intent of finding topics, I suppose, and posts that they disagree with, and then, you know, using the, finding those and then responding to them and abusing those people or you know, like, I guess, well, they don't have quote tweeting either, but doing something along those lines, screenshotting it, whatever, and, and dragging a person through the mud. And I get that. That's, I think that that, I think that's one of the things that I like about Mastodon is the fact that they've been so thoughtful about preventing the kind of abuse you see on other social media platforms like Twitter, for instance, or maybe Facebook and that kind of thing, which I think is good. I do on the search thing. I, I, (laughs) I am I am I'm two minds of this Rob on this Rob because here's the thing and I, I I'm gonna I'm talking to you about it here because I, and I would not post about this on a social media platform including on Mastodon because one thing I've noticed about Mastodon that unfortunately is very similar to Twitter is that people take I think a lot of people have view when you you uh, per, when you share an opinion. They think if you have an opinion about X, that it means you must be against Y. That there's this real kind of binary approach. And why? what I mean by that is I, I would like there to be search on Mastodon. But if you say that out loud, it's very likely that some people will mean that you must be against protecting against abuse on the platform, which is not true. I would like there to be both. Um, what I think is unfortunate about not having search is that it really limits the utility of the platform. And I guess what when I came to Mastodon, when I, I view so these social media platforms, not just Mastodon, but Twitter and all of them, I view them both as a messaging platform, but also as a publication platform. And Mastodon is very much not a publication platform, or it's not intended to be. I think it's being used that way to a degree but the difference, I think, is is interesting because Mastodon really is kind of like small group chat. It's like, you know, you, you have the people you follow and the people that follow you, and those messages can circulate around, among those groups uh, and on your instance, but they're not really intended to go beyond there. And you can call that virality, which it is to a degree, but it, it's, it's a question of reach for sure. Um, and that's all, those are things that are kind of inherent in wanting to publish and, and state something publicly. And so I think there's this weird tension in Mastodon where people are making public posts, but they're not, in, but they're not really public. It's like a really weird tension between this being like an open source, open web kind of technology-based service that is also not very open. Yeah. Do you, do you follow what I'm saying? And I'm not saying that. I don't mean that in kind of like a negative way. I mean, it's intentional and I understand why it's done and it's fine. 
um, I, I think it really limit it, limits the utility for certain kind of users, myself included, because I mean, after all, I am a pu- I look at this through publishers' eyes, right? I, that's really where I'm coming at from this. And like with Mac story stuff, yeah, I want to reach a lot of people. I want to reach a lot of people of who course, don't, yeah. that don't follow <laughs> me. That's the whole purpose of the of the enterprise, right? And Mastodon's just not a good place to do that, which is fine. It doesn't have to be, but um, I don't know. I think there's some middle. There's got to be a better middle ground that can be struck here because it feels to me like there is an advantage to be able to reach people who have never heard your voice before. And I feel like Mastodon is in the name of protecting people is shutting off voices too, potentially. Yeah. And I think that's definitely a product of, for example, you know, you are on a small instance because there's, you know, four of you plus a couple of bot accounts. Um, I'm on a relatively small instance. I think there's maybe like 600 users. Um, you know, and generally in the local timeline, I'm seeing the same sort of 30 or 40 users every day, which is, you know, mm-hmm. that's fine. That's kind of what these small instances are like. And I think, I think if you're on, if you're on Mastered on Social, which has, you know, the most amount of users of any instance. Yeah, it's got at least a couple hundred thousand, I think. You're probably getting, you're probably there getting a more of a, an experience closer to what Twitter, what's whether, you know, there is a, right. you know, you can publish a thing and, Potentially, you can reach a hundred thousand people. You know, in theory. In know, theory, if if people though in those big in those big instances though are people even looking at the local timeline? I know I didn't. I mean, why would I want to do that? That's the thing. It's like, yeah, I don't know. I, that that's that's the problem with not having search is that if mm-hmm. if you right if you have a really big instance that you don't you know I joined Mastodon Social originally and I just joined it because it was the one I knew about. And it wasn't because the people who were on there were particularly the ones I wanted to follow. Not all of them, by any means. And But I do want to find other people. And I worry that like these small instances, what, what's happening potentially with Mastodon is they're, they're, it's creating echo chambers, lots of little echo chambers that is part of the problem. That it, it, it's a similar problem to what was true on Twitter, right? But it's... It's being recreated here, and I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, it's fine. I mean, you know, I, I understand the policy choice that has been made, because same with quote tweeting or quote posting, is that it leads to abuse, and that unfortunately happens. And if the people who are running Mastodon don't want those things to be possible, I think that that's a good goal, and I think it's a worthy goal, and they should, you know, I, I think maybe the lines have been drawn a little harshly, but... You know, it's it is what it is, and you know, I'll, I'll I guess I'll live with it, right? I mean, it's not like it's not like there's anything I can do about it. <laughs> if something better comes along, I guess I'll move on. Um, yeah, I, 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 feel I feel weird like... about Mastodon, Rob, because I feel like there is a I feel a little unwelcome there at times because I feel like if you came over from Twitter, and and I'm trying to be open about the differences between these different services because I do know that I do understand that this is not designed to be a recreation of Twitter, and I'm trying not to come in and be the guy who's like, oh, why are these things not more like Twitter? I wish this was just like Twitter. Uh, because that's not what it was designed to be, so I, I get that. But on the other hand, um, I don't. I feel like there it, it has a lot of the same problems that Twitter had in, in the sense that there are there are echo chambers, there are people who are kind of like, 
you know, we, you're not really welcome here um, and that kind of thing. And it's, that, that's unfortunate. I guess that's inherent to social media, though. Yeah, I, th- I think part of the problem for you, for me, because, you know, we both used Twitter for, you know, a fairly long time, sort of 10, 12 years, whatever it was. Right. Is that it would, you know, and we, at least up until a few years ago, we were both sort of using it a lot, you know, every single day. Sure. You know, there would be years where if I looked at my stats, it was just like me and you chatting every single day. You know, there's <laughs> mentions right. all the times. And, and I think we used twitter for so long it almost became like the it became like the de facto social network almost like it was just this is the way social networks should work you know that's a very good point whether it's good or bad and arguably you know the things we've just talked about search and abuse and stuff like that yeah those things are bad but you we've sort of moved to this new social network with mastodon or you know wherever people are going and We've we've had a decade or more of using this one thing, and now things work differently, and we're kind of used to, you know, as you say, search is a good example, or the virality where you know it will reach a lot of people. It, it, we've just moved to something completely different, and like, there's just a lot of people who are like, oh, I don't really know how to do this anymore. Like, we're sort of learning a completely new social network from scratch. Yeah, no, that's a very good point. I think that's absolutely true. And so, you know, growing pains, I guess. I still have enjoyed being on Mastodon an awful lot. I think it's a, I I really think it's generally a very nice place. I've been pleasantly surprised by how many people who I know have moved over and have been more willing to kind of chat about things than I think anyone ever was on something like Twitter in recent years. So that's all, that's all good. Um, so yeah, I've been, you know, I've been, I don't mean to sound like I'm, I'm kind of soured on it because I'm not, <laughs> I mean, it's, I do like it quite a bit. Um, and I'm still learning, I guess the rules of the road in part and also kind of figure feeling my way around what is deemed okay and what's not deemed okay. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, uh, but you know, either way, I think I, I like you, I'm enjoying it as well. Um, let say I'm on a fairly small instance, which is is through omg.lol, which you, you may have seen if I posted about it. Yeah, what um, is that all about? I haven't really looked into that one. Yeah, so best I can tell, a, few, a couple of years ago, it started off as just like a landing page thing. So you just paid $5 a year, and you got, you know, I've got rob.ohmygod.lol, uh-huh. um, and it was a landing page. But now you also get access to uh, a Discord, a Mastodon server, um, they're a little sort of status posting um, service, which you know has an RSS feed. You can feed it into wherever. Oh, that's nice. Uh, and, and they're currently building like a little uh, a blogging service as well. Um, the price has just gone up to twenty dollars a year now as well, which you know because five dollars a year was ridiculously cheap. Um, but yeah, so it started off as this small thing, and now it's like has all these sort of it's like a suite of sort of services. Um, so yeah, I ended up on on their Mastodon instance because it was like included in my you know my yearly fee, um, right. and and yeah, it's, it's you know it's been kind of fun and all of the services have an API so I can build you know little little scripts and Alfred workflows and stuff like that which has been fun. So yeah, that's very nice. Yeah, I, I thought that that's an interesting approach. I think that I mean twenty dollars a year is still incredibly cheap. That's a really good deal if anybody's 
thinking of joining Mastodon. And that I, I think that seems like a really great one to check out. Uh, yeah. And, and the other thing I like about it is because it is a, pay, a service that I pay for, I'm more inclined to believe that the Mastodon instance will stick around a lot longer. Yep. You know, because there is, there is money behind it. The um, Adam who runs it, he has a vested interest in keeping it running because it's part of, you know, this business. Right. Um, you know, not that I care too much at this point because I'm kind of treating anything that's on Mastodon as, as just like whatever. You know, it's either cross posting or it's just nonsense. So I don't really care to keep it. Right. Um, but it's still nice to kind of know that it's backed by, you know, people paying money so it's very likely to stick around a lot longer than you know a random instance that you might find that has 600 users that could very easily just shut down overnight yeah no i think that that's a good point i mean i do think that one of the things that mastodon has in common with twitter is that when you join one of these instances instances your content's not really your own it's going to be residing on the servers of that particular instance, unless you are in fact running your own instance on your own computer or whatever. And that's fine, but you do have to think about what happens if they shut down. You'd potentially lose all your all that content all at once. Um, we set up our own at Mac Stories, so I mean, that's kind of backed by us, but it's just for us. Um, there are big ones like mastodon.social, one of the things that's unfortunate about that one, though, is that it's suffering growing pains because, you know, with all the people coming over from Twitter, it's grown so quickly that they've had a lot of server issues. And I know that they're in, they have a Patreon, so that's one way that they're raising money in order to kind of keep keep up with the growth. And I think that I, I don't really know how that's going. I saw them, I saw them um, doing some fundraising recently, and that's I think people who are using that instance, it would be, you know. Should probably try, think about at least contributing something to the Patreon so that it keep so that it keeps going. I mean, and I know a lot of other services, other servers are doing the same kind of thing, because the reality is, I mean, like we're doing ours. It's not super expensive because we don't have a lot of people. We just have you know four people on ours, but it's not cost free by any stretch of the imagination. And and the Mastodon server software actually is very resource intensive. You cannot get away with like a $5 DigitalOcean server instance at all. I mean, you do need more. I don't remember what we ended up with with that Alex is doing. I mean, we're fortunate enough that we can kind of distribute some of the different aspects of a Mastodon instance to some of our existing tech stack. Uh, But we did, we do have the main server on its own Linode instance because we don't want it interfering, you know, we don't want it soaking up resources for the website or anything like that. But, right, but but it it wasn't like we could just like spin up the cheapest thing that Linode offers and, and call it a day. It was, it is kind of a, um, it does require a little bit beefier server. Yeah, definitely. It's, uh, well, it, it's, it, you know, it's been an interesting few weeks now. I don't think that's going to slow down. For the next couple of weeks. So, yeah, um, it'll be interesting. I, I think most of the people have moved over from Twitter who are going to, wouldn't you say? Or do you think it's still growing quickly? Yeah, I, I think that's probably the case. Like, I've checked in on, on Twitter a couple of times, and I can kind of tell that... It's a ghost from. Town. Yeah, I mean, I can I kind of tell from my timeline that either people have moved over, um, in which case I've unfollowed them on Twitter, um, but then the people that are still there are barely posting. You know, the, the, right. the, there's, 
there's not a lot going on over there. Certainly not in the in the circles that we move in. Um, yeah, I, you know, I didn't get rid of my account. I'm going to keep it. I'm just waiting. I mean, that's more of a see what happens kind of thing. I um, I don't really plan to go back, but on the other hand, I could. You know, I'm keeping my options open, and I do go back because. One thing that Mastodon has not recreated, and I don't think ever will, is the same the same sort of communities that you found on Twitter that are kind of outside the tech sphere. Like uh, video, the video game industry is a good example. They have not moved on from Twitter. So, so if you're following like uh, writers or publications that cover video games, you will still find those on Twitter. You'll also find a lot of things like sports and news and politics and all of those things. Now, those aren't all things that I follow, but I do follow a lot of more general interest publications and other things on Twitter. And I still do find it useful from time to time to check in and see what's going on over there because that was a way I was finding a lot of news for a while and it's still a way to do that. Um, I'm just not participating anymore. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. I, I'm keeping my account around as well. More just to keep my name than, you know, using Yeah, absolutely. I don't a, want somebody taking that. Someone reminded me recently of the another federated service called Tent.is. Do you remember Tentus? Yeah, I do. <laughs> Good. I thought you would. That one, I, I, I think it predated uh, Mastodon, and it had a very similar structure. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it was a federated type of social service and it didn't make it but all those new services that one what's oh i forget there are a bunch of them that have come and gone over the years and i always jump in and get my username i i joined hive which had some terrible security problem (laughs) almost immediately after it got popular uh but i'd always jump in and grab my my username basically yeah i i think the the mastodon instance i'm on is the first time i've not used the same username like i'm just rob at social.lol. Yeah. Um, that's like the first time I've not used my normal username for a long, long time. I hated it on Mastodon.social because years ago I joined Mastodon, you know, like the 2017 era and mm-hmm. one of the other Twitter crises. And I had John Voorhees at Mastodon.social. And then I think I deleted my account, mm-hmm. but I lost the name as a result. Or, oh, no. or else I couldn't find the credentials or I couldn't get the credentials to work. Something happened, and I don't really remember what I did because it was a long time ago now. And mm-hmm. so I didn't have my usual username um, when I joined that. But fortunately, when we did the Mac Stories one, I'm kind of back up to speed. So that's, you know, you can always find me at John Voorhees everywhere, yeah. everywhere you go. <laughs> exactly. Cool. And I will... Um... I'll put a link in the show notes to the Mastodon.social Patreon as well. Um, yeah. If people are using that. And also a uh, my referral code for oh my God, dot lol. Um I think I get like three months free if people use that. So oh, cool. we'll pop that in there as well. Definitely. 